Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Joe and Amber, the podcast. If you want a feat of athleticism, we should have filmed exactly what just happened in the last few minutes. Alongside Tyler Foljam, I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Great to have you with us. We were just, I mean, seemingly a mile, a mile and a half <laughs> down the hall. Sprinting. Record, not recording, live. Live edition of Daily Wager on ESPN2, which you can catch weeknights, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Tyler does a tremendous job hosting. I'm the sh- just there riding shotgun. But we have to wrap that show. Mm-hmm. And then we have precisely 30 seconds to get down here and get set up. And I mean, I'm not listing us as a favorite yeah. to win the Heisman, right. but damn, that was that was Olympian-like. Hurtling chairs, stiff-arming, you know, studio crew out of the way because, you know, we're the talent and we can do yes. that. Elbows uh, to old ladies. Absolutely. Move. Uh, I, I had not yet done that exercise. I'd seen you numerous times yeah. run off the set of Daily Wager. It's impressive. But now that I am helping out by uh, filling in for Amber here tonight, this was the first opportunity I had to engage in that exercise with you. And let me tell you, my friend, I need to get back in the gym, <laughs> on the treadmill, cardio vest, do something. Get some cardio, get some rucking in, put the big heavy backpack on, get out in the neighborhood. We have got a lot to get to in this show tonight. Buckle up. Great to have you with us. Problems with the running back position. Yeah. They will not end. It feels like that is going to be the theme of this NFL, I'll say training camp, because once the season starts, we're going to move past all of this. Now the situation shifts from Saquon Barkley in New York with the Giants to Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis with the Colts. Colts owner, GM, not GM, Jim Ursay, recently came out and had this to say. This was last week. He was talking about the Barkley situation. Quote, NFL running back, we have negotiated a CBA that took years of effort and hard work and compromise in good faith by both sides. To say now that a specific player category wants another negotiation after the fact is inappropriate. Some agents are selling bad faith. Mm. How about that? Really wanting to drive the point home with his own star running back, Jonathan Taylor, who is an unrestricted free agent this season. Note he was a second-round pick, which means there is no fifth-year option. He will play this year in the fourth year, and then the Colts will have the opportunity to slap the tag on him. So then apparently... Ursay and Taylor sit down and have a meeting. Since when does the owner sit down and have a meeting with the player? We'll get into that. Apparently, it doesn't go well. Taylor comes out and requests a trade, and now here we go. <laughs> Drama in Indianapolis as the Colts try to turn the page on the Frank Reich era. It's um, you know, a, a fun way to start for Shane Steichen, who yeah. we ran a we ran a sound bite or sot as we call it in the business on Daily Wager. Very nice with a. Uh, very aggressive member of the media, just going right to, sh- not even like saying, hey, Shane, how are you? This is, this is, what's the status with Taylor? It's right, 
came right at him with that. And Very aggressive. Shane's like, well, back up, brother. It's July 28th. Um, and I don't feel like sharing that information with you, which I thought was awesome. From yeah. Shane. He said, I'm not going to share that with you. Uh, this is the Midwest, sir. <laughs> know, we talk nicely here. New York? Um, <laughs> it, it's unfortunate for running backs. We've talked ad nauseum about how they're kind of getting the short end of the stick right now yeah. when it comes to the um, financial and economic landscape of the National Football League. Hopefully something is able to change in the near future for these very young and very talented running backs who, let's be honest, take a bigger brunt of physical pain throughout an NFL season by nature of their job. They are supposed to get tackled by some of the biggest men that planet Earth has to offer. So I sympathize with the Saquons, the Jacobs, and the Taylors. And it, Jim Ursay is always kind of a live wire. If, if you've known his history, he's always kind of a live wire. So I'm not surprised to see him take to the Twitter streets to um, explain his side of the story. Yeah, he likes to shoot from the hip. He does. He likes to shoot from the hip. He likes to play guitar. He likes to do a lot of things that <laughs> um, make him unique. But I... I think, as you pointed out, Joe, that for any running back, whether it's Jonathan Taylor or the like, there's not much leverage right now. No. And you don't want to be a running back who is not getting paid during your prime years, even if you think you're not getting near your market value. So ultimately, I agree with you that Jonathan Taylor is going to suit up week one as long as he's healthy enough to do so. Yeah, the most important thing here for Taylor to understand, and this is, it's brutal, it's brutal, but this is not the NBA, and you are not Kevin Durant. In the NBA... The players call the shots. Mm -hmm. You have Damian Lillard out there telling everyone, yeah, I'm going to Miami. That's it. Won't even show up if it's somebody else. <laughs> to the point where the league has to send out a memo last Friday addressing that situation, which we can talk about somewhere down the road. But in the NBA, they dictate. Ben Simmons doesn't want to play. He doesn't play. You got to keep paying him. James Harden doesn't want to play. He doesn't have to play. You got to keep paying him. Then eventually they tell you where they want to be traded, and you're forced to take pennies on the dollar in that transaction. Here, it's a different story. Mm -hmm. Teams are in control. Jonathan Taylor's got nothing. What's he going to do? Sit out? He won't get paid. And now the Colts are trying to flex on him a little bit by saying, you know what? Uh, there's a report that leaked yesterday that if he, he suffered uh, a back injury in a non-football-related incident during the right. offseason, and then as a result, they would not be on the hook for paying right. him if he was unable to play due to injury. Can you believe that? Yeah, that's, that is almost seemingly like dirty Dirty pool there Tactics. by the Colts, and it's really an unfortunate spot for Jonathan Taylor to be in. I'm curious, though, because Jonathan Taylor is a good enough running back and is young enough, and he won't have that, you know, fifth year that I wonder if there is a team out there that will look at him and say, this Oof. might be a guy who is worth that investment. It was not. Just 2021 that he led the NFL in rushing yards. That's true. It was Josh Jacobs last year, but Taylor dealt with some injuries. It was 2021 that Jacobs was the most prolific rusher in the entire NFL. He's shown me, at least, I think, some ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, be a three-down true workhorse like a Derrick Henry, like a Christian McCaffrey, like a Nick Chubb. So I wonder what the other teams look at as his value, especially if they have an injury at some point in training camp. Um I'd be curious to see if there'd be a third round or maybe even a second round offer because Taylor's an elite talent. The position, though, carries little value. Yeah, you'd also need the new contract for him, yeah, too. He wants his agents talking about $16 million a year, coin. which that's Christian McCaffrey money. Not sure if you're Christian McCaffrey. In response to the story that leaked about him possibly having a back injury suffered in a non-football-related incident, Taylor tweeted on Sunday, quote, one, never had a bad, never had a back pain Never reported back pain. Not sure who sources are, but find new ones. I botched that quote. I apologize, <laughs> but he wanted to make it very clear that whatever the Colts were trying back to sell. seems fine, according to JT. Yeah, back seems just 
Fine. He's Tyler Folgem. I'm Joe Fornball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Lot to get to today. The MLB trade deadline less than 24 hours away. Max Scherzer's already on the move. Any big names set to join him? We're going to discuss that next. This is ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. The Mets are going to be talking with other teams about moving Verlander if they can get his approval. What I think Brian Cashman doing is he's just listening. I think people waiting for a blockbuster move at the trade deadline might be disappointed because I just don't know that they have the prospects or the motivation to really completely upend their farm system. The Padres are going to entertain offers for Josh Hader and, and Blake Snell. And I think that A.J. Preller can really get a haul for, uh, for both of them, but really for Hader. That's insane. The Padres spent so much money and developed so many assets over the last few years. And now here in a season where they're coming off the NLCS, when many expected them to take another step forward, they could be sellers at the trade deadline, which is tomorrow, Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Alongside Tyler Folgem, I'm Joe Fortenball. Thank you for checking out Joe and Amber here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. So here we go. MLB trade deadline tomorrow. Right. Time to speculate. <laughs> time to, 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 to theorize. Time to just read some of what's happening. As I'm on the website right now, ESPN.com. Let's start with this. Max Scherzer, that's already a done, done. deal. He's headed to Texas. Uh, looks like it didn't work out with the Mets. Are you surprised? Surprise, surprise. Mets. Puppy surprise. No, not at all. With the uh, Metropolitan, Steve Cohen came in. Oof. Spending big bucks didn't work out. Um, you know, it was a valiant effort, I guess you could say, but who cares? If you're a Metropolitan fan, they kind of been used so to that. Much I mean, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> um, I think it's a great move for the Rangers, though. Yeah. Uh, obviously, have a great offense. Jacob DeGrom, who they brought over uh, as uh, the big piece this offseason, hasn't worked out due to injury, but guys like Nathan Yavaldi have held up the rotation. 
adding someone like Scherzer. They also brought in Jordan Montgomery, who was the best starter the Cardinals had all season, albeit a bad team, but he slots in as a third or fourth guy. They fortified depth in that rotation, so love the move for the Rangers because we've seen Max Scherzer in the postseason be one of the better competitors the game has seen on the bump. You and I talk gambling for a living on Daily Wager, weekdays, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. We talked about this today. Texas is still sitting out there at plus 850 to win the World Series. That means a $100 wager would return $800, excuse me, $850 in profit. The Astros have better odds. The Rays, the Dodgers, the Braves all have better odds. This is a Rangers team that just added Max Scherzer. Right. They have the number two run differential right. in baseball. There are only three teams with a run differential of plus 90 or greater. They're one of them. They're like plus 145. Atlanta's the leader. They're over in the NL. You wouldn't have to worry about them to the World Series. I'm surprised. It feels like people still sleeping on the Rangers despite a lineup that can rake mm -hmm. and some pitching additions with already a nasty bullpen. Yeah. That should be formidable come October. Yeah, I think when we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, the Rangers were, what, 12-1? to 12-1, to one, Which yes. was a little bit more enticing, a little more exciting as far as the return on investment with your bet. But still, even at plus 850, I'm not sure it's gotten all the way to a true line, a true probability because of what you've mentioned. What they've already shown they are with the roster leading up to this point, and now the additions. Again, Max Scherzer, we know he may be at the back end of his career, but still one of the most competitive pitchers the game has ever seen and in postseason baseball it's going to be hard for the texas manager to run out there and take the ball to scherzer's hand jordan montgomery is a guy who will give you five six seven innings every single start doesn't have you know that tremendous strikeout stuff but is reliable and that adds value and depth to a rotation so even at plus 850 again it's not the price we were talking about a couple weeks ago i think the rangers have done a good job fortifying what is a legit contender all right, so let's stay within the division. Part of the reason they're plus 850, they got to deal with the Astros. They also got to deal, apparently, with the Angels. Mm. Paying off a radio <laughs> conversation from two and three weeks ago, will the Angels sell? Will the Angels buy? If the Angels buy and they don't get rid of Shohei Otani, they could risk losing him for nothing in the offseason. But again, how do you give up right. one of the game's greatest players? The answer's in. The Angels are going to go for it, and the transactions continue. Today, they had to deal with the Rockies, C.J. Crone, outfielder Randall Grichuk. They're both coming over. Um, I, what else we have? Moustakis, Eduardo Escobar, Lucas Giolito, Reynaldo Lopez in the bullpen, all expected to become free agents this offseason. They are they're going yeah. for it. This is, this is Rams 2021 or 2020 kind of going all in, whatever that year that was. little L.A. I, fever. I admire it. I admire it. Like, who, at this point, it's like, who cares if you get nothing in return for Shoei Otani because the Angels have done nothing with Shoei Otani and Mike Trout. Well said. You know what I'm saying? Like, you might as well try and put a playoff team on the field with this once-in-a-lifetime, once-in-maybe-the-history-of-the-universe type baseball player. So I actually, even though it is not... It is admittedly not smart business. It is not in terms of protecting the future of your franchise and getting something in return. I admire it because screw it. You're the angels. Nothing has worked to this point. Kind of do the Costanza. Do the opposite. Keep <laughs> Otani and really go for it. And maybe you catch lightning in a bottle and make a deep run and have some fun with Otani in the postseason. But the smart move would have been to sell him because you could have gotten five of the game's best prospects from someone you or multiple done well. teams for him. Um, Firstborn children for Otani. <laughs> but uh, I, I, even though, again, it's not the right move, 
from a business and baseball sense, I, I admire it. If I owned the Angels, I would make all these moves to say we're going for it. Then I would sell the team before Otani oh, leaves see, and the value of the organization. That's meta business right there. That's Well, I mean, that's why you come to Joe and Amber on ESPN <laughs> Radio alongside Tyler Folger. I'm Joe Fordenball presented by Progressive Insurance. It's just fascinating to me. He's been on that roster for six years. This is his sixth season, and it's at the absolute Tyler Fulgham, Joe Fordenball college exam style of <laughs> this thing is in 24 hours. I need to cram everything yep. possible into my brain to pass. They finally decide, look, we're going to get really aggressive. Mm -hmm. We want to show you we want to compete. Where was this the five and a half years prior to this? It's like just now when they're up against it, really jammed up, probably going to lose them in the offseason. They decide now we're going to mortgage the future. Yeah, it's they've had some bad luck because they've been aggressive before. Remember, they signed Albert Pujols away from the Cardinals, brought in Josh Hamilton. That's true. They, they have spent money. Artie Moreno, that owner, has spent a lot of money. Then they're fortunate. The Hamilton deal was terrible. It, it, none it was of them worked deal. out. Pujols didn't work out, and then he immediately goes back to the Cardinals right. and looks like the Pujols of the ten years before he was in L.A. And then Hamilton, who had you know some awesome years in Texas and was a great story at one point, he lost it apparently. Um, this is again a franchise where. You will see Mike Trout go four for five with two homers and three RBI. Otani do something that has never been done in the history of the game. And the final score is 7-4. Angels lose to the A's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, we're up against it, but Justin Verlander. Did you see the Mets moving on from him? Any other big names? This idea that yeah. Blake Snell is competing yeah. for a Cy Young could be on the move from San Diego and that Atlanta might try to get involved? I think Snell might be the most likely of that bunch. Uh. Um, Verlander makes sense, but they've already dealt Scherzer. Snell will be attractive to a contender. There's no doubt about that. And the Padres are like the Mets. Spent a lot. Haven't gotten a lot in return. Shocking to me watching them play the Phillies in the NLCS last year. I'm a Philly fan. I watch them get by San Diego. I think, woo, because this Padres team's only getting better. Mm -hmm. This was the year to make hay. Didn't make hay, but made the World Series. And then you see what's happening with the Padres. Like, how could you mismanage all this talent? Ugh. Juan Soto, Tatis, Machado. Unbelievable. All right. Tyler Folgem and Joe Fornball at Sean Amber on ESPN Radio. We witnessed head coach on head coach crime last week, but one QB wasn't having any of it. We're going to discuss that next right here on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. As far as, you know, what we have going on here, I kind of live by saying, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. So hate away. Obviously, we're doing something right if you got to talk about us when we don't play you till week four. Sean Payton's not shy about letting people know how he feels about things. If he gets asked a question, he's going to answer it bluntly. And I think that's what he was doing while also sending a message to everybody within his organization about what the culture is going to be moving forward. For a guy like Sean Payton, it was a small move by him. You don't have to mention his name. You don't have to mention the New York Jets. My God, I love this time of year. It's like going to an all-you-can-eat buffet. You do the lap around to see where everything is, right? You get a stake it out, the lay of the land, Mm -hmm. and then you tell yourself, all right, let's pace ourselves, and then two minutes later, the plate's loaded. You're gorging yourself like an absolute slob. He's Tyler Folger. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. The NFL, it's like we have nothing for about a month and a half, and then the news, the drama, the hype, The infighting, all of it, just overwhelms us in spectacular fashion. And for more on that, we go to New York and Denver, where suddenly the Broncos and Jets have a rivalry going. After Sean Payton came out recently, new head coach of the Denver Broncos, he basically put all of the blame for everything that went wrong with Russell Wilson and the Broncos last season on former head coach Nathaniel Hackett. Hackett used to be an offensive mind in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. He's now an offensive mind in New York with the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers took exception to these comments. Listen to what he had to say. Those comments were very surprising. Um, For a coach to do that to another coach. My love for Hack goes deep. You know, we had uh, some great years together in Green Bay. Kept in touch. Um, love him and his family. He's an incredible family man, incredible dad. And on the field, you know, he's arguably my favorite coach I've ever had in the NFL. Just his approach to it, how he makes it fun, uh, how he cares about the guys, uh, just how he goes about his business with respect, with leadership, with honesty, with integrity. And it made me feel bad that someone who's accomplished a lot in the league is that insecure that they have to take another man down to set themselves up for some sort of easy fall if it doesn't go well for that team this year. thought it was way out of line and appropriate, and I think he needs to keep uh, my coach's names out of his mouth. Just spectacular comments from Aaron Rodgers because (laughs) you can feel the building. It starts as your normal, I'm going to address this, Uh I'm going to give you some commentary, not a lot, and he just gets more and more aggressive until the end. Keep my coach's name out your mouth. Till the end, he turned into Will Smith. <laughs> so, yeah, Will Smith. I mean, it, he went from Why like a is zero Will Smith to walking across the stage. <laughs> yeah. So, when these two teams meet in week five, perhaps Sean oh. Payton should be guarded when before the game, Rodgers is sauntering towards midfield to shake his hand. Easy, easy approach with <laughs> caution, uh, Sean Payton. I, I think Dan Orlovsky on Get Up made some interesting points about the influence Rodgers is already flexing with his new team. 
What's most fascinating about this interaction for me is how Aaron Rodgers has not taken over this team. He's taken over this organization. Yes. Like, this has become Aaron Rodgers' organization in a short period of time. And not only is he going to be incredibly motivated with the chip on his shoulder, he now is basically grabbing every single teammate, coach, personnel person and said, I got your back. I, I, I got your back. Like, I I'm going to be the face of all of this and just follow me. And I think for everything that has been said about this guy's character over the last two years in the media, so to speak, we're seeing a very different vantage point. And this is now his organization. And that's a big deal when you're trying to win a Super Bowl. Okay, I want to start with the Jets, mm -hmm. and then I want to get to the Broncos. Okay. Aaron Rodgers, Orlovsky's comments on Aaron mm -hmm. Rodgers. Some could say this. Too much noise, too much drama around this organization. At every turn, something's going on. At every turn, there's a report of something. It's never about what's on the field. It's the hard knocks issue. Dalvin Cooks, will they, won't they? Aaron Rodgers, Sean Payton, all this stuff. On the other hand, they seem to be moving with a different kind of swagger these days. No Good or bad that. for the Jets? How do you feel about them right now? Ultimately, everything about adding Aaron Rodgers to this franchise is a positive net value. I mean... To go from Zach Wilson to a four-time league MVP and Super Bowl champion is such a seismic difference that I'm sure those players and coaches and, you know, support staff that watch practice every day last year and then turn around and start to watch practice every day this year and be, oh, my God, that's what a real all-time great quarterback looks like. Yeah. And what that does for a franchise is hard to tangibly quantify. That is something that, as you mentioned, is a swagger. The New England Patriots, when they knew 12 was putting that jersey on, it just made things more comfortable. And the Jets, after suffering for a long time without having a capable quarterback, now watch him. Was he eight? That is his new number now? I think Rodgers is eight. When they I didn't watch even him, know. He's got a new he's number. He's got a new number. I think oh, he's how about eight that? now. So when they watch and see him put on that eight jersey and he saunters out there to lead a huddle, those offensive linemen, those running backs, those receivers, those tight ends, even the defensive players, Joe, feel differently about each and every snap they take against their opponent because that quarterback is one of the all-time greats. I think the defense for sure because they were good last season. Oh, man. And they had to look really around good. thinking we could be winning some of these games as this damn offense could just score some points. You go back a year, you go back two years ago, all the talk about Zach Wilson, will he live up to the hype or What's going on with his friend's mom? What's going on with the nightlife, right? Like, it sounds like we're making jokes, but you had all this talk in New York about whether or not the quarterback was going to be mature enough, whether or not he could handle the media, the pressure, whether or not he could play. Now you got a guy in here who we know damn sure can play, mm -hmm. and you've just got to be it, – it, we focus so much on what the outside could do to the Jets. It's it's more about what's happening on the inside right. and how they respond. And they seem to be responding favorably. They're used to media attention. Whether the Jets are good or good bad, point. whether they stink or whether they're great, there's still going to be a zillion reporters in there asking them questions. So it's not going to be new hat for them to deal with New York media. The fact is, they're going to have more fun answering these questions because they feel like this team is good enough to compete for a Super Bowl, and we got a guy who is swagged out, has four MVPs, has won a Super Bowl, and he will not be shy about doing some talking on our behalf. So I agree. I think for the Jets internally, they love this because the attention is going to be there whether they're good or bad. They appear to be good on paper right now. I mean, I'm thinking about this right now from a radio and TV perspective, of which we do both. Tyler Foljam, Joe Fordenball, ESPN Radio. If the Jets find a way to beat the Bills in week one, they're at home. It's a small yeah. point spread. I think it's Bills minus one. Yeah. Like, that doesn't matter to the public. Right. What's going to matter is the fact that if the Jets 
fire that first shot across the bow, and they're one and zero after week one, and they take out the Bills. That's gonna be your storyline. Oh, like we are going. Can to you be imagine Greeny on Get Up that Monday? I kind of want to see that. <laughs> I, I, I feel like the Bills are the bet. We'll more on that down the road. But I do want to see Greeny in all his glory. It's going to be his Super Bowl. Yeah, years. it's going to be his Super Bowl. Oh, if they God. take that victory. All right. So week five. They're going to take on the Denver Broncos, which kind of got all this going. Now, here's what Sean Payton said that got Rodgers all fired up. Quote, it doesn't happen often where an NFL team or organization gets embarrassed. And that happened here. Part of it was their own fault relative to spending so much expletive time trying to win the offseason. The PR, the pomp and circumstance, marching people around and all this stuff. We're not doing any of that. The Jets did that this year. You watch. Hard knocks, all of it. I can see it coming, end quote. Sean Payton to USA Today. That's what got Aaron Rodgers all fired up. Dissect Payton's comments for me. Is he going to be bringing negative, unwanted attention to the Broncos? Does this fire him up? Does he have a point? Is it coach-on-coach crime? (laughs) A lot to dissect here. Um, I think there is some grain of truth that the team was not well-prepared or well-coached last year. I mean, for crying out loud, we saw them have so many, you know, pre-snap penalties on both sides of the ball. Remember the game where their fans were... Week one, they were terrible. 100%. There was a game where their fans, home fans, were trying to get Russell Wilson to acknowledge the play <laughs> clock because the time was running out. So That's right. there is some relevance and truth to what he's saying. Is it the most tactful way to do it? Probably not. You're kind of kicking a man while he's not even there anymore. He's not down. He's out. He's someone else's problem, so to speak. Um, so I think there's some grain of truth, but probably not the wisest thing to make it so public and make it so crass because now people are going to be putting that target on you. And when you look at the quarterback that you hitched your wagon to, There is a lot less confidence in my eyes that Russell Wilson is going to look like what the name Russell Wilson suggests versus Aaron Rodgers in New York looking like what the name Aaron Rodgers suggests. So worry about the quarterback who stunk that you are now coaching rather than the coach who was with him last year and is now coaching one of the all-time greats. So that's my – if I'm Sean Payton – you make a good point. I don't think he would have taken this job if he thought Russell Russell Wilson was truly washed and he couldn't do something about it. Man, there's a lot of work to do with Russell based on what he showed last year. See, I I like these comments. I like these comments because I think Rodgers is putting his stamp on the Jets organization. I think this is Sean Payton putting his stamp on the Broncos organization. I think it's multi-tiered what he did, and I know that he came out later and he walked back the comments and he tried to make it sense. No, I think this was all calculated. I think he knew what he was doing. I think, number one, the first thing he wanted to do was get a message across to his players. It's a new era. Whatever happened last year, that goes in this bucket. It's that guy's fault. Let it die with him. We're turning the page. That's number one. Number two, I think it shines the spotlight on him rather than Russ and anyone else. And I think that's what he wants. I think it's bring the spotlight over here. I've been around. I'm Mike Gundy. I'm a man. I'm 40. (laughs) All right? Go ahead and give me your criticism. Take your shots at me. I won a Super Bowl. I had success in New Orleans. I'm here. I'm paid. I'm good. He wants the light off of Wilson because last year it was nothing but Wilson. This year you put it on Peyton. Let everyone know you've got their back. I think it's, he's trying to change the culture as quickly as possible. And I realize Hackett had to go into the bus. Hackett got paid out, all right? He's still performing <laughs> a service for the Broncos. He's just not coaching them. He's going under the bus for the better of the team. That would have been my question. Do you think this puts more pressure on Russell Wilson, the fact that Peyton went public with these comments? And you're saying, no, no, no. Quite the opposite. Wilson now is kind of shielded yeah. from what uh, could potentially be coming his way because Peyton's saying, no, 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 don't look at Russ. Look at me. Yeah. And we've okay. seen Russ right. play poorly. So think about it. If Russ plays poorly again, we're all going to blame Sean Payton. 
All right, last year we were blaming Russ, and then some people thought it might be Hackett. This year, if Russ plays poorly again, we saw him play poorly. You're just as bad as Hackett, everyone will say. It's Sean Payton's fault. He can't fix him. Russ is broken, and even the great Sean Payton can't figure it out. They're going to put it on him, which is exactly where he wants it. That's what leaders do. They take the heat for everyone else. What's the famous book? Uh, leaders eat last for all you business majors out there. <laughs> Listening to Tyler Foljam, who he is, Joe Fortenball, who I am, Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Now, we are continuing our NFL two-a-days with the Atlanta Falcons next. Someone in this room very bullish on them this season, and it could put some extra money in your pocket. Stay tuned. That's next here on ESPN Radio. This is the Joe and Amber Podcast. Birds alongside Tyler Fulgham. My name is Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Welcome to Two-A-Days Atlanta Falcons edition. We are located in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. We do a show called Daily Wager on right. ESPN2, weekdays, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Watch. So let's use some of the gambling lines to set the stage. To win the Super Bowl this year, Atlanta is 70 to 1. To win the NFC, 30 to 1. To win their division, plus 240. That means a $100 wager will return $240 in profit. For relative perspective, the Saints are the favorite, followed by the Falcons, Carolina in third, Tampa Bay dead last in terms of divisional odds. Win total, over under eight and a half wins for the Atlanta Falcons. You bet over, you need nine for a win. If you bet under, you need eight or fewer for a win. Eight and a half for this yeah, team. That's right. interesting. And then yes to make the playoffs, plus 115. So a small underdog, no to make the playoffs, minus 135, a small favorite. You seem to like the Falcons a little bit this year, don't you? I, I do. They would be my pick to win the division. I would hey, uh, buy over that the Saints right now over the Saints. First of all, let's start with the Saints and... The Atlanta Falcons have the two easiest schedules based on Vegas's expected win total by the opposition. Far and away, they are the two easiest. Number three, the Colts is like way behind them, but they stand alone as the two easiest schedules, kind of neck and neck in the NFL. Some then, good news for the Colts, shockingly. Great news for the Colts. <laughs> See if Jonathan Taylor can run all over those easy defenses. Uh, but as far as Atlanta is concerned, I do believe on offense that Desmond Ritter is capable of being a proficient game manager because okay. this will be a team that is still going to be heavy with the run. They have a great butt-kicking offensive line. They add B. John Robinson to Tyler Algier. They still have Cordero Patterson. We know Drake London looked awesome as a rookie. Kyle Pitts is one of the most talented tight ends in the NFL. The season last year stunk, but a lot of that had to do with the fact that Marcus Mariota just could not connect with him. He was open in the intermediate and deep passing game and should have been able to take advantage of his skill set, and it just didn't happen. Maybe Ritter is better, maybe he's not, I don't know. But the offense, as Michael Rothstein pointed out, wasn't really the problem. They have a new coordinator, and their defense now has credibility. Bringing in someone like Calais Campbell, who is a veteran of the game, one of the most respected players of his generation, to go alongside David Onyemata, Grady Jarrett, and Bud Dupree on that defensive line, adding Jesse Bates, one of the better safeties in the NFL from Cincinnati, and then taking a low-risk, high-reward trade with Jeff Okuda I of the Lions. Move. He was Great a former top-10 pick. If yeah. it doesn't work out, so what? If it does, that's a elite talent, as far as scouts perceive him, that could hit for your squad. So, I love this team, and especially since the Saints are the betting favorite, I want to try and, a little bit, try and find a little bit better value, and I think the Falcons in the division are the team that provides that. Back when the Giants drafted Saquon Barkley, I was one of several. I wasn't leaving the charge, but several people who looked at it as great player, bad pick. Like, too high for a sure, running back. Sure. There were other things you needed. Not a knock on him. He's a right. great player. It's just a bad pick. 
the Falcons drafting Bijan Robinson out of Texas, great player, great pick. You like it. Arthur Smith with what he did with Derrick Henry mm. in Tennessee, how he likes to run the football, everything that this team currently needs, that's a team that can go to the mat and find an elite running back in the first round and take that swing. Some of the other teams out there aren't set to do that. They have other pressing needs. Running back might already be set. I like them going after. I think Bijan Robinson has a fantastic future right. ahead of him. Yeah, it, it seems as simple as to say, like, as long as Desmond Ritter doesn't crash the car. It's a big question. This team, and it's, that's a massive question. Okay. This team should be in contention for a wild card spot or with the Saints in that division. It's just, again, will Desmond Ritter... And I'll ask you, I mean, from what little football you saw of him last year, maybe you remember some of his Cincinnati. Like, do you think this is a guy who will be able to capably drive that car? Because I haven't watched a lot of him in Cincinnati, and I remember last year when he did, he has some athleticism, can move around, and that's kind of a requisite skill now at quarterback. He can't be a statue. I trust Arthur Smith to put him in advantageous spots. So I'm guessing, that's why I'm bullish, that Ritter will drive that car without crashing it. I think a little bit the opposite okay a little That's bit fair. the opposite That's it's fair. it's tough for me now if he if he proves me wrong i think you laid out all the reasons why supporting cast coaching we only saw so much last year i'm not going to knock him down because we only saw a handful of games and a minimum amount of passing attacks passing attempts on a bad team right, right so let's let that go i will say that coming out of cincinnati he was a great leader for that team he was around he was a winner he did all those things but there is a reason he slid to yeah, the third round right. he didn't have a big arm he couldn't make all the throws and now we're starting to see this situation where, again, we're probably overthinking it in practice, <laughs> underthrowing guys, overthrowing guys, not very accurate. And that's what worries me. Like, precision in the NFL is the uh, key. It matters. Big arm strength and precision. Justin Herbert, one of those guys who can just, he can throw a frozen rope 35 yards down the field in between two defenders like it's nothing. Right. And that's what you need. If you don't have the arm strength, the speed of the defensive backs are going to get you every time. Yeah, I, I agree. There are, again, limitations to his game. But I think Arthur Smith has shown me enough that he will play to what strengths exist. Okay. That athleticism, maybe ability to use guys run after the catchability in that offense. So I trust the coaching will put him in advantageous spots, keep him away from things that would be asking him to do what Justin Herbert can, and he cannot. Who's the backup? Heineke? Heineke came down from right, Washington, well, there, there's, your, there's America's favorite backup, it oh. seems like. Everyone loved when he was. That's Chase Daniel. <laughs> Chase Daniel is America's favorite backup. I love that guy. No one's made more money and played less downs than Chase Daniel. Quickly, give me the ceiling. Give me the floor in terms of wins. Ten wins, ceiling. Okay. Uh, six wins floor. That's not bad. Six yeah. wouldn't be too bad, but given the schedule, I think a lot of people would end up being a little bit disappointed with that. They're an intriguing team. That's an intriguing division. We focus on these these juggernaut divisions. Mm -hmm. That division wide could open. be wide open if the Saints wide don't get open. their act right. Early in the year. He's Tyler Folger. I'm Joe Fornball. We need to go out to Indianapolis to try to make sense of all this Colts drama. If you haven't been following, stay tuned. We'll bring you up to that next. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. This has been the Joe and Amber podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.